I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Well, good afternoon, Anwar. Good afternoon, Fairlith. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little sleepy. I mean, afternoon just started. In at the time of this recording, it's twelve oh nine, so it's practically the middle of the night. Honestly, <laughs> so I'm a little sleepy, but I'm super excited to be here. How are you? I am well. I am also excited to be here, and also kind of like, oh yeah, it's like noon. <laughs> I know, but um, I'm really excited to talk about everything we're going to talk about today, especially the movie, actually. And, like, I'm always very excited to talk about the movie, but I'm also, like, really excited to talk about Disney parks because I love them so much. But, like, I'm really excited to talk about this movie today. Yes, I'm also very excited. Uh, (laughs) So let's go ahead and just get jump right into Disney news then because. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's a pretty hefty news uh, news week. Is it? Well, it's hefty in that there's a lot a lot of stuff has happened primarily revolving around Jungle Cruise. Well, tell me everything and uh, I'll comment on it and then I'll tell you everything and you can comment on that. Okay. Well, it's Sounds it's good. just <laughs> so aside from the big premiere that happened, mm-hmm. uh, Disney uh, Disneyland just like has really been pushing and focusing a lot on the Disney on uh, the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of looking through here and um yeah, like they 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 brought in a bunch of like a bunch of the skippers for for the red carpet as well. I guess as like special yeah. guests and things like that, which I think so is very cute. Is very fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. just all in all, it's just looking like it's there. I mean, of course they're going to be pushing it because you know the movie comes out this week. But yeah. I, I guess it's just nice to see that, like, yeah, like they're really they're just being very very nice and giving a hard focus to the skippers which is nice yeah i mean i think the skippers are honestly honestly i love the jungle cruise and i think the technology is amazing but it's an opening day attraction didn't even used to be funny i think the skippers are they're the reason there's a movie i think the skippers are the reason the jungle cruise endures and i think it's mm-hmm. important for them to be getting the respect they deserve mm-hmm. yeah uh 10 skippers were invited to take part in the live stream uh the live stream of the the red carpet and of the premiere mm-hmm. and everything and sit in the front row of the Fantasyland theater to see the film so they premiered the film at disneyland in Fantasyland. it's so cute which i which which you know now now that now that i say it and i think about it, it really makes sense that they would do that i agree <laughs> i think that's wonderful i mean if you can why not yeah. now my new dream is to go to a movie premiere at disneyland i mean they did the same thing for pirates of the caribbean i read or i have a question do you see caribbean or caribbean um, I say Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I I literally I'm... only say Caribbean because my family told me Caribbean was wrong when I was little. I'm not sure. I think it's one of those tomato tomato kind of things. I think it might be. I think it. I think it is uh, dependent on where you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's one whether of those, you're in like... the Caribbean or you're in the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit of uh, regional dialect combined with like, I guess perhaps like where the word comes from. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, so do you hear that? I do. It's me. There's, I think there's a truck backing up. My, right. It's very busy, apparently, for some reason today, and I don't know why. Well, enjoy the ambient sound. It's This is a full immersive episode of Discast. It's gone Where no, it's you gone. feel our pain while we record this for you. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, uh, you say Caribbean, I say Caribbean, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. I was just curious what you said. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, it was beautiful. Dwayne Johnson was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Blunt was wearing something that looked like a marshmallow. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, I'm really excited for this film. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to just see all the dad jokes come together into this Jumanji meets the mummy kind of adventure. I think it's going to yeah, be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be very, very fun. Uh, yeah. So then what do you? what was it that you had then? Um, well, honestly, the only Disney news I have is that they can't keep Loki mouse ears in the parks. Why? Keep selling out. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, why, why would they restrict themselves of like the specific mouse ear? Like, like, is it like some weird licensing thing? It's like, oh no, it's because people just keep buying them. Like, oh okay, yeah. well, <laughs> that that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> They're really cute. Um, 
To be honest, there's not a lot of low-key merch in the parks, which I think is silly because there are a lot of people like me who would buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the low-key ears they do have are pretty cute. They're um, a sort of olive green ear with a gold um, – and all of this is in velvet with a gold band around the ear. And then the actual headband part is like Loki's uh, golden crown. And then from the front of the golden crown uh, extend two curly horns that go backwards in – and the crown part and the horns are in satin. It's really cute. Um, but yeah, they're selling out all the time. Hmm. I think I might uh, buy some custom ones because I'm that kind of person. But uh, I thought that was really funny that just like Loki's getting his own legion of Mouseketeers in in Disney parks. That's very fun. Yeah. And why shouldn't I wonder what co- actually I didn't look what costume he's up uh, wearing again now. I wonder if he's still wearing his variant outfit or wearing his full outfit. I will find out the answer and I will tell you loyal Discast listeners next time because I know how much you need to know that. Because I need to know that 100%. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny how, like, the the character that's, like, been so adamant about, like, having a series and group of followers is kind of now getting those followers that he wants. Totally. You know? It's so nice for him. Should... Oh, I was about to say, should we take a truck break? But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's just going to keep happening. Like I think I think something. I think one of the stores here is getting restocked or something. Oh boo! Should we reschedule? Yeah. Do you think? No, 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 no. That's fine. All right. It'll be fine. Um. Uh, so uh, I found some more uh some more fun stuff about the Jungle Cruise uh premiere. So Mickey and Minnie were there dressed as skippers, which is adorable. Also, Nina West was there. Because oh. n- because I guess Nina West now just works for Disney, <laughs> which I mean is great yeah. for her. Fucking like I love her; she's great. Um, but she was there at the premiere, and she's wearing this dress that has like what looks like what I can only assume is a map of I I think maybe the Amazon. It's a little unclear in the in the image what it looks like, but and then like she's got great big letters like at the base of it. And she has like a like a a train that. I can. I think it's supposed to be, uh, the the actual line, the amazing something backside of water. Like I think it's supposed to be like that's hilarious. A and there's like three. There's like little three stuffed alligators attached to the train. It's very very silly. Cute. It's very fun. <laughs> that's um, so cute. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Hold on. Let me see if I can send you this image. Oh, I can. Perfect. I'm just sending it to Fabulous. you now because it's very awesome. very funny. Uh, well, we should post it on the Instagram. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so she looks very fun uh, and it's very silly. It looks like some of the actual like script is on the dress itself. I love that. We deserve yeah. this. It's very fun. Oh, this is beautiful. We we have to put it on, on the Instagram. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm saving sure. it to my desktop right now. It's amazing um that reminds me going back a little bit to more loki stuff we'll go back and forth um Mm. i've heard rumors because okay someone had a stuffed alligator on tiktok and someone made their stuffed alligator a little crown of loki horns and um that it's it's gone sort of viral and uh people are were just got voracious about it and saying if disney parks had a stuffed loki um stuffy that i could purchase i would uh alligator loki i just take my money you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. But the rumor going around now is that there will be an Alligator Loki stuffy, which I'm like, why else would you put Alligator Loki in that show? I have a lot of opinions of Alligator Loki, but, like, I don't want to harsh the, the mellow of the room. Um, anyway, so uh, people are saying that they think it's like a Baby Yoda situation, that they're uh, trying to hold off until everybody is super familiar with Alligator Loki before introducing his merch to the parks, and that there might be a shoulder gator that you can get with a magnet oh in your shirt, like the little God. shoulder ones. Yeah, so I don't know if that's true. This is more of a Disney rumor than a Disney news, but uh, that's what I've been hearing on the internet, everybody. So get your hopes up real high. That's very fun. I mean, it's crazy to think that they wouldn't want to capitalize on Alligator Loki. Well, why else would they make Alligator Loki? Tell me that. I know it's cynical, but like, come on. Well, because I'm trying to remember whether or not there is any reference to Alligator Loki in the actual comics. Not that I know of, but I am not an expert. There is a frog Thor. <laughs> frog Thor. Yeah, like a, like a, like a frog that ended up acquiring the powers of Thor. 
That's hilarious. Which is hilarious. Um, yeah, of course, uh, Kid Loki was a thing, which is why they included him. Classic Loki was a thing because, of course, that was that was what he first looked like when he was first introduced in the comics with like the yellow and green with the giant, giant, giant horns. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvie is technically Lady Loki, which is also a thing canonically. Um, the other Loki that wielded the hammer is also a Loki in which in the comics in which Loki does actually. Uh, I, th- I think I think it's one of those alternate universe stories in which he is able to wield Mjolnir. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a thing. So yeah, like they're they're they did their research, which I super appreciate. Yeah. That being said, if they really did just want to be like, well, we're just going to make a little alligator Loki just because, I mean, okay, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. So. I completely agree. Yeah, why the hell not? Um, yeah. Um, also, like, I mean, it would be pretty easy if all of this was disappointing in the end. It would be easy to make your own alligator Loki shoulder plush. You just need two rare earth magnets. All right, here's the craft section of the podcast. <laughs> You need a small alligator plushie. You need two rare earth magnets. You need to make an incision in the belly of the alligator plushie where exactly you want him to be attached to your shirt. You sew an al- the rare earth magnet into uh, his belly right there. Um, and then you maybe put a little drop of glue on, on it as well so it doesn't shift around too much. Mm. But I don't think it matters terribly. You can massage it into place with your hands. Then just put another magnet underneath under your shirt. And um, you can make him a little crown out of craft foam or like buy one. From a different um, action figure or something, you got Alligator Loki on your shoulder for very cheap price. Cheaper than the um, $50 one or whatever at Disneyland. Yeah. That's my recommendation yeah. to you. <laughs> It'll probably re- be, like, real pricey. But at the same time, like, for for the price of and everything that that uh, Disney does makes all their products, they do last. They are quite good quality from, That's true. Like, from what I experience in like the stuff that i purchase because yeah yeah. and i mean i just looked it up and i did speak too soon pascal and porg shoulder plushes at disneyland are 19.99 usd which i think is completely reasonable oh yeah 20 bucks for a little pascal fuck yeah Mm -hmm. that rides around on you that's adorable and what was it? Yeah. Oh, and a porg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get a porg and his little like he's sitting on his butt and his little feet are dangling off your shoulder in the front fucking porg right Adorable. And then you can get a Grinch one at Universal Studios. It's called a Shoulderkin, but it's much more expensive at Universal Studios. $33 American. Oh, my which God. Is really weird to me because I'd much... I'm sorry. I like the Grinch, but I don't need him on my shoulder, harshing my mellow, judging me all day. No, nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. Um, God, the, the singing truck is back again. I'm so sorry. Um, and then I know there's one in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter that's very popular. And, like, I don't – I really do not believe in supporting Joanne Rowling with, like, any of your money. Even if you do go to Universal Studios, they've already paid her the licensing fees. But every piece of merch you buy uh, just takes merch off the sell- shelves, so they have to order more. Like, yeah, don't the, do it's the but, extra. It's the extra stuff. Exactly. But yes. just for reference, the Pygmy Puff plush with sound at Universal Studios is 1895. And I know they used to have a shoulder one, but I can't find the shoulder one anymore. Um so maybe they discontinued it. Oh well. I don't know. It doesn't matter because you probably shouldn't support Joanne Rowling any more than you should support Chick-fil-A. And you know the thing is, though, I've never tried Chick-fil-A because I just never have. But the more conservatives talk about how good that sandwich is, the more cre- like cu- curious I am about it. So I looked up the recipe online and they said to bathe the chicken in pickle juice. So I did and it was terrible. So I'm just going to go to my grave wondering what those sandwiches taste like. But I'm not going to buy them. Just like I'm not going to buy any Harry Potter merchandise at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter because – of that. So that's a digression. But which I thought sam- I should include it. Which sandwich is this? Oh, do you know about Chick-fil-A? Oh, yeah. No, I don't I don't, I, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> uh, just apparently their chicken sandwiches are extra good. And apparently the reason is soaking the chicken in pickle brine. But I did that. And I marinated it in pickle brine for several hours. And it tasted like fermented ass. So I don't mm. know. I don't know what's the real story. But I don't care enough to find out. Yeah, I just have I have no inve- investment in Chick Fil A like at all. Yeah. So I I could literally not care less about Chick Fil A. 
Totally. I just, I like, I don't know why it's like people say it's so good that like, well, it's just like, it's so good that I, even though I'm liberal, I might still eat one of these sandwiches. I'm like, how good could it be? I'm very curious. I love chicken sandwiches. There's lots of other ones, but I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why specifically this one? What, What's like, in there? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't okay. even know what I was, I was talking about how to make your own shoulder plush. I did it. My Disney news is over. You did your the turn. thing. Congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my Disney news was ma- was mainly just going to be um, <clears throat> about uh, the, the Jungle Cruise premiere, because that's kind of the biggest thing that's really happened in the last week. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at these these cute pictures, and it's so cute seeing, like, Dwayne and Emily and, like, the skippers, and everyone's all happy. And there's a really, really, this really nice picture that I'm assuming is the cast of the movie or at least the people who work behind it and yeah there's on on its face it looks pretty nice and diverse which i always like yeah but it's just nice that they included the the skippers that's kind of the big thing for me is that i thought it was like... super sweet <clears throat> yeah it's like but hey it's like, that, that can't be all the skippers they employ can it do they only pick like a few of them well it says well it says they grabbed 10 of them and i mean like 10 skippers the the boat or the the ride itself is roughly what eight ten minutes long. It I believe it is seven minutes seven and a half minutes long. The Jungle Cruise. Okay, I, so, yeah, don't seven and a half. quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that that fact is correct. I'll have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's right. And I think they have three three boats running at any given time, like actually going in the ride. So there's three skippers plus. Oh, I have uh, the information. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, there are 12 total vehicles with a maximum of eight in operation at any given time. Oh, okay. Heck. That's a lot. Well, then there can't be only 10 skippers. That's impossible. Hmm. There must be more. Yeah. Well, the other thing I found out recently about Jungle Cruise skippers, I don't know if you know this. I in no way want to mansplain to you about something about which you're an expert. Um that was grammatically terrible, is <laughs> that I thought there were two sets of staff for the Jungle Cruise. Sorry, cast members for the Jungle Cruise. There were people on the dock and people in the boat. Incorrect. Sometimes you get in the boat. Sometimes you get on the dock. It's uh, ah. skippers do both. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you're right. No, that would... Yeah. Your line of thinking makes sense. Your line of thinking makes sense. Cause in, oh, yeah. In, in all it the, was just incorrect. <laughs> yeah. It, well, because like in all the other rides, you have the cast members that actually like... Um, that work the ride, right? Like, they, yeah. they're the ones that, like, press the button to make things go kind of thing. They're the ones that, like, guide people in the lineups, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. That would make sense to have them there and then have, like, a separate group of cast members that are dedicated as skippers. Yeah, right? well, that's what I thought. Yeah. So your line, of, your line of thinking definitely makes sense. But it's, yeah. I, it is interesting that they would also, like, alternate. Well, yeah, I agree with you. Um, the the funny thing to me is, like, how difficult – like, I, I, a lot of it is about loading these boats, right? Because they, they need to balance and everything. But, like, how hard is it to operate? Is it just one, a one-touch button? I know that the skippers, you know, they look like they're steering with the um, the, the swivel joystick thing they have. I, I wish I knew nautical terms. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally outing myself as a nautical The wheel? The, it's a wheel, but, like, isn't it like a crank? I mean, it it's a crank in so much that technically the wheel would be turning the rudder of the boat. Yeah, totally. I'm. It's just it doesn't look like one of those captain's wheels with all the spikies off it. It looks like more like a little like hand crank, like a like an egg beater turned sideways. Sideways. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. Um. Anyway, I don't know how complicated it is to op- operate the ride beyond the fact that it just it self propels and it goes on a track. So I don't know. I don't imagine it's all that. Uh, I don't imagine it's all that difficult. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's yeah. it's. I, I I imagine it's a lot simpler than we're, than we think it is. <laughs> I agree. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Whereas, what did I learn that was super way more complicated than I thought it was? Oh yeah, Space Mountain. Like it breaks down all day long because of how many brake pads they have. It's very fascinating. Like if if here's a tip: if you're in line for Space Mountain at any given Disney park and it breaks down, stay in line because lots of people will leave the line. It will probably be operation uh, operational again in ten to twenty minutes, and your wait time after they fix it might be less than it was before they fixed it so don't get out of line of space mountain unless you it really looks like they're not gonna 
fix it. Yeah, unless they actively say, sorry, sorry, folks, we're shutting down. Space we're done. Mountain. Yeah. No more space for you. Now, um, hmm? a way to a way to combat that is just if you are able to do ma- uh, magic hour, just go and knock out Space Mountain at the beginning of the day. Definitely knock out Space Mountain at the beginning of the day. But you can only do magic hour if you're staying on a Disney property. And um, in at Disney World stay on a Disney property. Disneyland, it's it's so expensive, and it's right there. If you want to stay in a good neighbor hotel, you just need to walk for five minutes. That's true, yeah. The so, the, the alternate yeah. options are, are pretty are pretty okay at, Disney, at yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, but I want to stay on property so bad. I'm not saying I don't want to. I'm just saying for your edification that it's, it's different in Anaheim as opposed to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that note, I have a list of all the boats, um, their names oh. in Disneyland. Um, I thought you might want to know. Yes, tell us. All right. So um, I have the the names. I also have their Christmas names for when it's the Jingle Cruise. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so we have the Amazon Bell, um, B E L L E, like Bell from Beauty and the Beast, re- renamed the Jingle Bell during Christmas. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for the rest of this segment. The Congo Queen, which is a direct reference to the African, the African Queen, Queen, which the Jungle Cruise is a direct reference to, which is mm-hmm. a film. Um, uh, and there's a lot of references to the African Queen in the Jungle Cruise movie also. Mm-hmm. Um, the Congo Queen is renamed the Congo Caroler, um, and then it's been changed now uh, to the ca- Candy Queen- Cane Queen during Christmas. That was a lot of stuttering. The Congo Caroler, Caroler, but they decommissioned that name, and now it's the Candy Cane Queen during Christmas. All right. Um, the Ganges Gal, mm-hmm. which is like, wow, that's I, is that in bad taste? No, because the Ganges is an actual river. No, I know. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't have said, asked if it was in bad taste if I didn't know what it was. Um, it's just, it it's it's a sacred river. Um, it used to have a lot of dead bodies in it. it and it's very, it's, it, people bathe in it um, as as a ritual. I, I don't honestly know a lot of details about it, but I guess, like, there's boats on the Ganges. And, meh. Um, the Ganges Gal is renamed the Ganges Garland. Um, and then mm. that name has been decommissioned, and now it's the Gingerbread Gal during Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? We have the Hondo Hattie, renamed Hondo Holly, and then that name <laughs> has been decommissioned. And then during the holiday season, it is now <laughs> Hanukkah Hattie. <laughs> um Something I learned in theater school is just random Jewishness um, that is inoffensive is very funny to people just because they don't expect to see it. And people usually laugh with delight at random Jewishness I in in storytelling. And I've yeah. always found that to be true. If you just if you include um, a, a reference to a character being Jewish, people really, really enjoy it. So do that. Make your shows more diverse and put Jewish characters in there. Um and rename your boat the Hanukkah Hattie. <laughs> um, Irrawaddy Woman renamed Irrawaddy Snow Woman during Christmas. The Snow Woman. Um, Kissimmee Kate, which is hilarious and a reference to a Cole Porter musical as mm-hmm. well, Kiss Me Kate. Renamed uh, the Yule Kissimmee, then that name was taken away, then Kissimmee Under the Mistletoe during Christmas. That's a mouthful. That's a bit much. Yeah. It's just so silly. Oh, I love it. There's more. Nile Princess is wheelchair equipped. One of two uh, boats uh, that are wheelchair equipped. Uh, Renamed the Nile Nutcracker. Then that name was decommissioned. Then the Noel Princess during Christmas. Okay. We have Orinoco Adventuress. Renamed the Orinoco Ornament. Then later Navidad Adventuress during Christmas. Um, the Suwanee Lady, renamed Suwanee Slay, and then Sugar Plum Lady, which I love during Christmas. Uh, Ukiyali Una, mm-hmm. wheelchair equipped boat, renamed Ukiyali Eggnog, then Evergreen Una, both of which I think are a bit of a reach during yeah. Christmas. Um, Yangtze Lotus, renamed the Yuletide Yotus, Yuletide Lotus during Christmas. Then the Zambezi Miss, Renamed Peppermint Miss during Christmas. Names decommissioned and removed from the fleet in 1997. Magdalena Maiden and Mekong Maiden. Hmm. Done. This is me brushing my hands off. Oh, wow. Nailed it. There's some hella names. (laughs) 
Those are some hella names. I think, I really think Ganges Gal is a bit of a weird thing to name a boat. And you may quote me on this whenever mm-hmm. you'd like. Whenever you're talking to Bob Iger, be like, buddy, in my opinion. Yes. Ganges All right, I'm going to, I'm going to shut my window. Hold on. Okay, cool. Okay, everybody. Well, Anwar's gone. Uh, we all need to organize. And um, ugh, not fast enough. I couldn't think of anything for us to do while he was gone. Oh, oh Anwar. Yes. You're back. We Hello. weren't talking about you. No? <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, um, well, with all that, uh, I'm excited to go and see this this movie. Me too. I can't wait. Yes, we officially have tickets for Saturday morning. I'm very excited. It's yes, going to be a good time. Wait. It's going to be a good time. And you have really like hyped me up too, because like I was excited for the movie, but now like I'm excited for the movie. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm I'm just very excited to finally to finally see it after like basically since they started talking about it. I was like, yes, yeah. it's about time. Oh my gosh. What a marvelous nerd less routine for you when we do another Disney show also, Anwar. Yes. To be Dwayne the Skipper Johnson. I'm in. <laughs> you should do it. Definitely do it. Also, I've just unboxed um, something I ordered. Uh, your gift got here. I Yay. ordered a bunch of pins um, for, for my friends um, from an Etsy store. I'll uh, try to remember to put up a link to the Etsy store. They make custom Loki for President badges as seen in um, the Loki the show. television show. And they look uh, – I'll hold it up to Anwar, but I'll, I'll try and take a picture later. Look at that. They're very – that's good. Yeah. In real life, they're not backwards. My webcam just does that. Yes. So that's for you. I'll bring that to you. Cute. You can put thank it you. Somewhere. Of course. So everything's great is my Disney news. Yay. Me too. Nice. Yes. All right. So then. What now? Now we are going to talk about this uh, this next film in our journey through the Silver Age, which is Lady and the Tramp. Yes. So I love this movie. I uh, loved this movie. It's so much. sweet. It is adorable. I don't know who gave the animators permission to make that dog so goddamn cute. Which one? Frankly, all of them. But like, yep. but like in the beginning when baby when, lady when darling like opens the hat box and she's like, oh, is it that? Is it is it that? Because it's a hat box, right? And so she assumes mm-hmm. she's getting a hat for Christmas. This movie, by the way, basically bookends during Christmas in, like, what I can only assume is, like, quaint small town America at, like, turn of the century kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? That's kind of where it takes place. Um, yeah. So, Darling, like, opens the hat box and, oh, 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 it's a puppy! It's a puppy for Christmas! It is the cutest thing and I've ever is, seen in my entire life. Like, I can't even, I can't even with Me how either. adorable Lady as a puppy was like how they animated her like the cutest thing the cutest fucking thing and then like they're going through and they're like you know trying to puppy train her like making like here lady you're gonna be living you're gonna be sleeping here in the kitchen and then she starts barking and like whining and i'm like so help me god if you don't pick up that dog i will like i will will pick up that dog i will be very very mad at you jim darling or jim deer Jim like, Deer. I love that they're called Jim Deer and Darling. I think that's very funny. But it's also super like classic, like Middle America, turn of the century type thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it's it's very, very classic. Um but yeah, but it is very sweet. Uh also this movie so this movie does come with one of those um sensitivity warnings at the beginning. And well it should. How I'm wondering what you think was the was the main trigger for it? Because my only thing that I could gather from it was uh, Tony was like in, at the Italian restaurant. Oh no! Um, I I know oh, objectively. Aside from the oh yeah, that's right, the cats. I completely forgot cats. about the cats. It's the cats. <laughs> I completely yeah. forgot about the cats. Like the, the. I mean, they might be talking about the depiction of Italian people, but I don't think they are. No, it's I really the cats. think it's You're the right. cats. It's the cats. Yeah. And that's what made me so frustrated. I loved this movie. This is one of my – I had never seen it. I had one of the ones I had a picture book of and people would read it to me when I was a kid. So I never saw it. So I loved it. I loved this movie. I loved it. And then the cats kind of ruined it for me 
honestly, I I I was so angry watching it. I was yeah. just like, there's no reason. Like you you think you're I can I can just see like they they think they're clever because they're Siamese cats, so we'll make them like start a stereotype of Siamese people. We'll make them say R's instead of L's. We'll yeah. make them total assholes. And I mean, cats are assholes anyway. Um, yeah. The stuff the cats yeah. do, I think, is realistic. But like the the stereotype, the the teeth, the buck teeth on those cats, I oh, it it makes me feel so ashamed to see yeah. something like that. Yeah, admittedly, the 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 Siamese cat sequence is not great. It is not. I mean, like it it's not even like as you say, it's not even so much about how they act because cats are assholes and quite yeah. frankly i mean i'm person i'm personally a big dog person more than a cat person i like cats i think they're cute but i don't think i would ever actively try and or i don't think i would ever actually adopt one mm-hmm. um and so already this movie was very much like uh, <laughs> i was already very invested in this film because it's very dog heavy and because it's very pro dog and everything uh like at the beginning of the film there's like a little um like Right after, right after it gives you the musical credits sequence, and there's and they sing Bella Notte, uh, it, it's it has like a little uh, like a dedication, basically dedicating this movie to dogs, which I think is very very sweet. Um, but yeah, I so know. like the the cats are the cats are assholes and everything, which is fine. That's not the problematic bit. The problematic bit, as you say, you're right, is how they speak it and how they how they're animated a little bit and even the song that goes along with it is very very problematic it's not it's not great oh my god i can't like i don't even want to sing it like literally literally it has a lot of l sounds in it so they can say please with an r instead of an l and yeah it's it's, yeah it's, it's it's just all around problematic and it could easily be removed and they do remove it in for the live action version if I remember correctly, because I, I only saw the live action version once, but yeah, like if I remember correctly, uh, uh, then yeah, uh, they they pull it, which is fine. Um, also, Aunt Sarah is the worst. Get it together, Aunt Sarah. Like, Jesus Christ, whose she, aunt are you? What, she what is, is this? She is the worst. Like objectively, the worst. Um. And I blame everything on her. Everything's her fault. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, other than the thing, the thing for me that I'm so angry about is like, I actually, I found this movie to be so delightful. I found uh, what happens at the end to be exceedingly sad, but like earned um, and foreshadowed. I don't want to spoil it because I think a lot of people haven't seen this movie and I, I deeply recommend that you watch it on Disney Plus yes. and sit through that whole disclaimer at the beginning about yeah. outdated depictions because holy moly. Mm-hmm. But it is so beautifully animated. I would never, if I had no context for when this movie was made other than, again, the historically horrible depiction of um, Asian people, I, the, the, it, it, I would never have thought 1955. It's gorgeous. And then... I don't know. I just, I love it so much. And then it's so horrible and I can't enjoy it. And it makes me so mad. Just I think, stop. I think the only real benefit is that that sequence is really only for like a couple minutes. Yeah. Right. Like once it, once it happens, it happens and that's it. Like it's done. Yeah. It's, it's an issue. Yes. But I do also think that it is fairly, for me, it doesn't ruin the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie doesn't focus on it. Because yeah. the rest of the movie basically just completely forgets about it. Like the cats, sure. the, the cats aren't even in the rest of the movie. Oh, I know. I'm not right? saying it ruins. Like I'm saying it ruins it for me because it's like it. It's a perfect movie to me, except mm-hmm. that it's not because it has this horrible thing. Oh, in the I middle. see what you mean. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's all. It's not. It's not like it diminishes the quality of the rest of it even at all. It's just that it's so good. And then this thing is just like it's not even a little racist. It's like glaring. It's like what makes the red man red from Peter Pan glaring. Yeah, it's fairly. Yeah, it's fairly bad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also com- compared with all the animals that are coded to be uh, American and European, because like Jock is Scottish and all this, mm-hmm. it's like they're all very noble animals, and none of them are really bad mm-hmm. um even the pound dogs aren't bad they're yeah. all very good and pure of heart and noble the only bad animals are the ones coded to be um asian and it and it sucks that it just happens to be that way that it happens to be like I, like if i feel like if they had if they had like an asian dog in the pound scene i feel like it would be different 
mm-hmm, like a like a like a Shiva or something, right? Yeah, but yeah, I but mean, I, like... yeah, but I th- I think it was just I think it was just a problem in that they. I almost feel I almost feel like the fact that they were Siamese cats isn't necessarily what the problem was. It was the fact that they were meant to be villains. Yeah, right? well, and I mean, it's like they chose Siamese cats, and then they're like, we're going to give them, like, stereotypical yeah. um, features from Asian people. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, forgive me, I know Siam isn't a country anymore. What is Siam now? I don't uh, know. Thailand. Okay, there you go. Um. Because uh, I always remembered Anna and the King of Siam from, uh-huh. um, the King and you I. know, and from the King and I, and I knew that Siam didn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, the King and I has been banned in Thailand. Did you know that? I'm not surprised, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because of the representation of King Mongkut. Yeah. Um, Mongkut, sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like they pay, they didn't have to choose Siamese cats, right? No. They could have chosen like Persian cats or something. They could have chosen like I mean that they, I'm they sure would have been terrible chosen, as well. They could have literally chosen anything else. But the, yeah. the point the point that I'm making is that like if if they had like chosen uh well because the hard part is like what other cats do we know do we associate to another country? But like, why do we have to have any cats that associate to another country? Right? They they chose to do that. That's true. Consciously. Yeah, that's true. I th- I think They're I think what cats. I yeah I think what I'm meaning is that like, uh, is that the if if like if they had cho- brought in a different animal and if the animal had been of an entirely different uh different background, I think they still would have made it villainous. You I'm know, sure, but like, right? why? Why are villains coded to be racialized? Right. That's true. Um, That's also true. Because you look at Jafar and look at Aladdin. True. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's there's lots of like I think part of it is not a lot of people are super familiar with cat breeds in the same way as dog breeds. It's not the yeah. same kind of um, thing for a casual pet owner. But there's um, a sphinx cat could have been from Egypt if you want, a, you know, one from a, a, a different country. Mm. You have Manx cats from Scotland. You have a British That's short it, hair. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think anyone would necessarily recognize a British short hair. You have um, Persian cat. Again, could be a really terrible stereotype. But, I mean, you could also just have a couple of really spoiled white fluffy cats. Um, you mm-hmm. got the Scottish fold, the Norwegian forest cats, mm. um, Turkish Angora, Himalayan, Bombay cat. Like, there's tons of different um, cats from different places. But, like, just make it a couple of really spoiled, fluffy cats. And yeah. it's fine. Yeah. But they, don't, they didn't care at the time, right? It was more like, oh, this is going to be funny. Yeah. It was played off for comedy when it, when it shouldn't have. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. And also, like, they could have had Siamese cats, had a couple of uh, Thai people voice them and just have them be Siamese cats. You know, to be fair, I don't know who voiced the Siamese cats. I'm about to find out. Um, I have it open. It doesn't really specify. Yeah. Finding the cast of these original, like, Silver Age um, Disney movies, Golden Age Disney movies, is tough because it wasn't really about that as much. Hmm? Uh. Peggy Lee. Uh, Peggy Lee, who voiced Darling. Oh, uh, she did the also Siamese voiced, cat voices yeah. too? Because she also did the song of like, he's a tramp, yeah. but we love him. Yeah, the yeah. song, he's a tramp, yeah. That makes sense. I guess, yeah, she just kind of supplied the soundtrack, hey? I guess, yeah. That's cool. I love Peggy Lee. But also like, oh my God. Yeah. And the other shitty thing, and like, I, it didn't even ever occur to me. It's just like I listened to We Are Siamese, If You Please, all the time as a kid. I loved that song. It's so catchy. Mm-hmm. I would sing it all the time and I would have no idea why it was bad or why it might hurt somebody. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it too. Yeah, that's true. It's it, – yeah. But all then, this being said. All this being said, the rest of the movie is – in my opinion, fantastic. I love it. Like mm-hmm. even even when we do get to like to see Tony and uh, the other uh, whose name I don't actually know. I don't actually know the name of his like of his, the other chef. Oh, Joe. Thank you. Oh, I forgot it. Uh, hey, Joe. Yeah, you're right. He, he like calls him my name like once. Um, yeah. But like even to that point, like I feel like they're more. Yeah, they're supposed to be like Italian, and it's a very very kind of like. 
uh, caricaturized version of of Italians. Mm-hmm. I I I think it's because the characters themselves are played so warmly. They're very nice. Yeah. It's a different thing than what Stromboli went through. Yes, entirely different. Yeah, because like yeah, like I I would like I'd absolutely go to to Tony's restaurant and like have a meal with Tony and Joe. They just seem like really cool guys. They just seem like really chill, just guys who just want to run their restaurant. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I think they seem like really cool guys. I think stereotyping people in general is a negative thing. I And I don't think just because you know, Italian people are now considered white, you should stereotype them mm. at all. But at least they were trying to frame them as... as good dudes yeah which you know which they were you know they were nice enough to feed the stray dog tramp and everything so yeah uh speaking of tramp so the other so the other dogs here we have uh we have trusty who is like this great old bloodhound bless his heart and then (laughs) Jacques, who is an adorable little scottish terrier uh lady most adorable i love Jacques so much so cute uh lady who is a cocker spaniel uh, and Tramp, who is just seems to be a mutt, who's just like a uh, just a mixed breed dog, um, and all of these are very very cute animals and very fun, and they're all super nice characters. Yeah, yeah, like you 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 kind of root for all of them, which is nice. Even Tramp, who you you know is like we know this character, we know this character. You know, he's that he's the. Uh, lives lives on the street lives every day as it comes kind of guy the artful dodger yeah exactly who we'll see later as a different dog yes uh yeah and it's funny because this i i saw this movie as a kind of uh a little bit as of as a fish out of water tale but kind of in reverse as to what we typically see as a fish out of water because normally what we would see with a fish out of water story is we would see like the the tramp character kind of being brought into this high class you know where he needs to change in order to fit what you would normally see uh in the high class middle to high class world right yeah but i like how this movie kind of takes it and it like flips it it's like here's this high class what we what we kind of see as middle to high class character of lady being brought into the adventure of not low class but into the adventure of not having to worry about class or breed at all kind of thing right mm-hmm. having that sense of freedom and so i liked how they i liked i liked that aspect as well as like here's lady being brought in and shown here's another you know here's what life would be like if you were free you know if you didn't have the uh what tramp sees as the restriction of the fence kind of thing right yeah yeah mm-hmm. but then ultimately of course you know tramp sees the benefit of having a family and the benefit of you know being a a dog and having you know that forever home yeah but i do like and i do like that it doesn't his his carefree lifestyle doesn't really make him that big of an asshole no, I don't think he's right? an asshole. I don't think like I because you. It's very easy to kind of see like he has a, his opinions. He has a you know like especially when he first comes comes across everyone and they're talking about how uh, Jim Deere and Darling are expecting a baby, you know, and and uh, Trusty and Jacques are like, oh, a baby is a really really you know it's this great thing. It's a beautiful addition to the family. And then here comes Tramp, you know, being like, yeah, sure, but you know, all these other things. And it's funny because he's not wrong. Right. Like he's not wrong in some of those cases, you know, because sometimes, you know, people have to adjust their lives for in adding a human baby into a family that already has a fur baby. Right. Yeah. Right. Because things that the dog could get away with beforehand, they can't really do anymore. And that's true. And that's true. So it's interesting kind of seeing it, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it in a very like. He does it in like, this is what I've experienced and this is just how I've seen it happen, you know, rather than being like, it's the worst thing ever, you know, you, you know, it, your life's going to fall to shit kind of thing. Because totally. at the same time, then afterwards, Lady kind of sees the change. She sees how things change as the months go by, as Darling gets more and more pregnant and everything, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's also, it's worth saying that like, 
that is a trope that is written into the film on purpose. And it's like, I think it's a pretty damaging one of, you know, little girls needing the world explained to them. Um, uh-huh. And it's it's a fine way to tell a story if you have other stories that balance out that stereotype. But like at the time, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but luckily, there's a lot of different kinds of stories now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, I did think it was very funny in the in the sequence when they're having the baby shower where like darling is in one room having the baby shower and everyone's like, you know, fawning all over her and, you know, giving her the gifts. And like at one point, one of the care, one of the, the other faceless bodiless characters that we're assuming is one of darling's friends just kind of is like, doesn't she, she, you look at positively glowing. Doesn't she look glowing just the other day? I was saying she was looking glowing. Like one of those like characters that like, it just never shuts the fuck up. It was very, it was very funny. And then like, and then lady goes to the other room into the kitchen where all, where all of Jim Deere's like probably office buddies and like uh, his friends and everything is they're telling you, (laughs) are telling him you look awful. Like you look absolutely terrible. It's just very funny, like, the difference in the two, because, like, I know, like, it's funny because it's it's a bit of a stereotype, but at the same time, it's not, if that makes sense. Tell me more. Well, in, in that, like, you know, like, in sort of, like, those, quote-unquote, traditional uh, heteronormative roles, Darling would definitely be in that baby shower and everybody would be fawning over her. Everybody would be t- because quite frankly, like it is, uh, you know, it's a crazy thing. You know, she's creating a human inside of her body. Right. So and in that process, lots of things happen hormonally. Lots of things happen biologically to to the mother. Like the skin does become clear, you know, like lots of other things happen uh, in that sort of sense. Right. And in these heteronormative uh situations the the father is the one who's being sent out like in the scene where he yeah. goes he literally goes out in the middle of the night to get her the craving for food right uh for chop suey of all things which i think is which i thought was hilarious is like is like D- does it need to be watermelon yes and also yeah. some chop suey and that's he's like chop so funny. suey and i thought it was he's funny in but, his jammies yeah that's pretty and, funny but it, and it's funny but it's also very real Right. It's it's that kind of stuff does happen. Right. And like I know for me, like if if I were to have uh, if I were to have uh, a, a childbearing partner, I would go out in the middle of the night to get them the food that they want. Right. Like that's just what you do yeah. as a partner. Right. That's a nice thing to do. But at the same time, you know, that's sort of because presumably this is a, this is at a time in which uh the male is the one who's going out and is the main breadwinner, right? Because we're looking at it, we're looking at a peer at a time period in this film that is very heteronormative, very classic America, right? And so this is a situation in which I'm mm-hmm. sure Darling is the one who's at home, and you see it, like it shows Darling yeah. at home, like knitting the booties, you know, and Lady is is waiting for the afternoon walk. Whereas Jim Deere is the one who's going to the office or whatever it is he's he's working. He has a briefcase. I'm assuming he goes to an office. He goes off yeah. and, he, and he works. You know, he goes off, he works, and he comes home. And then he has – and then he's worrying about having to, uh, you know, support his uh, his pregnant wife and everything, which isn't a bad thing. It's just – that's just what's, what's happening, right? And so it would make sense to me that he would also be – uh, physically looking exhausted because he's the one that's having to go out and do everything. You know, he's having to go out to work. He's having to go out and and uh, go out for supplies and go out for the cravings and all that other stuff, right? Whereas Darling is able to be at home and she has the privilege of being able to be at home and relaxing and just work and just focusing on being pregnant kind of thing, right? Yeah. Whereas now that's not the case, right? Now we are in a we are in a uh, we are in a time in which even if you're pregnant you're still at work, which sucks, right? And so this film is a very, it seems to be a very idealized world. Yes. Right? It in is w- a very idealized world. Yes, in which in which Darling is able to have the privilege of staying at home and well, just I mean, like, worrying about being pregnant. At that time, and I mean, I'm not sure exactly what world, what year this is set in, but they're wearing button boots and I from the uh-huh. house, I would say it's like early... 1900s i was thinking 19- i was thinking definitely early early to 20th century like around that yeah time, i think for early sure. 20th century i mean like she had to stay at home to run the household right like she's not going to go out and get a job this is before she was allowed to do that so it's like it yeah. is a privilege but also like she's 
yeah. born to be a baby machine, so I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just this it's just putting all this in a very positive light because, you know, it's it's a Disney movie. It's meant to be it's meant to be positive, right? Um, mm-hmm. but when I was meaning about how like all of his guy friends would be like making those jabs at him is because that's that's the kind of those are the kind of jokes that like guy friends would make to each other. Like very mm-hmm. stereotypical heteronormative guy friends, right? Yeah. That's that's just what I was. I mean, I don't know, but I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's just like, yeah, like that's kind of like what I was uh, what I was meaning more with that. Not in a negative sense, but like those are just the kind of jabs that like guys make fun of each other, kind of thing, right? Totally. You know, it's a it's a thing that it's a thing that I've that you know I've experienced in my life as well, in which you know my guy friends have like totally like made fun of me for just just to poke fun, not necessarily to actually try and bring me down, but just to poke fun at each other and you see mm-hmm. that kind of thing in the gay community all the time that's what reading is right do you like like that kind of culture i i'm just i'm I'm curious like honestly just do you like it i don't hate it i mean but <laughs> i think that's because i think it's because contextually i understand that it's meant just to kind of poke fun and make fun but it's not meant to be like uh it's not meant to actively try and bring somebody down Mm-hmm. Right. It's I think I think it's because it's it's the purpose of it is to try and keep everybody at 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 equal level. Right. It's but then try- doesn't it- that imply that the purpose is to bring people down? So they're all at a median level instead of above or below. Not necessarily, because then outside of outside of the reading, quote unquote, uh, people do still bring each other up. Right. People still like, okay. like, for example, like I like my, my friend Carlotta will make fun of her friend Joan all the time for various things but then we all everybody knows that joan is also like one of the uh is like one of the most well not only is she one of the most well-known queens in the city but is also has done so much for the city in terms of like fundraising and you know volunteer work and hosting and all this other stuff and like so like the stuff that like carlotta makes fun of joan makes some out of herself as well right and like Mm -hmm. We all know that Carlotta has great respect for Joan because Carlotta has said so, right? So it's like, yeah, like I'm poking fun of my at my super close friend, but then I also know that my super close friend is like worthy of all this respect because they do so much, kind of thing, right? What I when I what I mean by like bring, keeping everybody at the same level is that so that other people don't think that they're better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because having that ego and being like, oh, I do this, and so I'm better than everyone doesn't fly. Yeah. Right? And so that's kind of the I feel like that's kind of the purpose of uh, the, the reading and the making fun and the poking is just to kind of make sure that everybody remembers, listen, we're all we're all the same. Just because you have just because you have a prettier dress than I do, just because your wig is nicer or whatever doesn't make you a better person. Sure, you have nicer clothes and that's great. And I'll comment on that. But it doesn't mean that you have the right to pretend that you're better than everyone else. Does that make sense? I mean, it does. I, I honestly, when I when I find myself in a social situation or any kind of community where people do bring each other down or make fun of each other, I um, either remove myself or say something. Mm. Personally, I just I, – I don't like it. I was just, I was just wondering your um, perspective on it because I, I personally just, just – I'm not at all saying it's not appropriate or acceptable. It's just not my, really my thing. So I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, like I – People make fun of me and poke fun at me all the time, but I I never take it seriously because I know that these people are not doing it because they want to be mean to me, right? Yeah. Like, I I know that, like, these people are also, like, they respect me and they're my friends and they also recognize that, like, you know, I'm I'm worthy of their respect kind of thing. And and I know that they Mm -hmm. still consider me with respect and kind of thing. Good. Does that make sense? I don't know. Like it's it's it's. I feel. Yeah, like I mean, it makes a, sense. I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, I feel like it's something that you kind of have to understand. Is it has been so much a part of the culture for literally decades. Like the concept mm-hmm. of read, the concept of reading each other has been a thing since the New York balls in like the 70s, mm-hmm. and before that, since like totally. the 60s, right? And so it's not like. You know, it was meant to kind of like when when houses were kind of going at each other in the ball scene. It was either you would compete to see who was able to perform better at the category or you would just read each other. And like, that was kind of a way to kind of have friendly competition, but ultimately everybody was in the same level, right? Everybody was ostracized. Yeah. Everybody was queer. Everybody, you know, half the people were probably suffering from something, right? You know, some mm-hmm. people didn't have a home. Some people were kicked out of their houses, right? So ultimately yeah. everybody was on the same level, but it was in the ball scene that everybody was able to kind of like 
actually feel like they had a place. And it just happened to be that the aspect of reading just happened to, you know, was kind of part of that competition. Interesting. Yeah. I just wonder, and I mean, I was thinking more when you were saying that, like, men do it to each other specifically, and I'm not saying that, obviously, uh, people present at, at those balls aren't men. I was just thinking more of, like, that more heterosexual male culture. I just wonder how much more positive it would be if people were a little more real with each other and could honestly say the way you're talking to me like makes me think that you think that you're better than me instead of like, you know, reading them to filth or like the same with men like who make fun of each other um about uh whatever. It's like I w- I wish at least for for groups of 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 men who haven't necessarily been raised with like this positive way of communicating i like i wonder if they do better without that culture i literally don't know i'm i'm curious i have no um answer for it myself it's just something very interesting that if i were going to school i'd write a thesis about i don't (laughs) know it's it's yeah it's definitely yeah i think i think you're right i think there is something else to look at in regards to it for sure like especially in regards to hetero men and how they interact with each other because there's there's a bigger there's a bigger thing there i think rather than just uh you know like his one friend saying he look he looks awful like i think there's uh he looks awful in that he looks exhausted uh when yeah. when jim deere gets that uh gets that particular uh jab i think there's Poor other th- yeah i think there's other things to look at like you know other forms of uh like other things like toxic masculinity and that sort of thing you know th- i think there's bigger things to look at rather mm-hmm. than just like guys poking fun at each other kind of thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe that's just sense. maybe that's just because I'm coming at it from a from a cis male pers- perspective, but like in the grand scheme of things, I've personally never felt really uh attacked or brought down or felt lesser than just because, you know, somebody wanted to poke fun at me for something. That's good. That I honestly yeah. was just curious about your perspective. I didn't yeah. think there was any right or wrong answer. <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we digress. Yeah, we majorly digressed there. Uh, I really liked the pound scene. Me too. I thought the pound scene was was particularly was very cute because I liked the, how they featured so many of the different types of dogs. I liked mm-hmm. that all the dogs had like accents that kind of pertained to where they were from. Like I liked that the mm-hmm. Russian dog had a Russian accent. The Chihuahua had. Uh, the uh, uh, Latin accent. Uh, the English bulldog hasn't has like a Cockney accent. I just thought that was very cute, and I thought I thought they all were played very very well and very sincerely. Mm-hmm. It was very fun how like the Russian dog was making straight up references to like uh, to like Soviet Union and all this other stuff, but he wasn't played at all as the villain, especially considering that the Soviet yeah. Union was like. Uh, was still technically considered uh, a bad guy to America. Yeah. So it was very cool to kind of see that and see, you know, him be, you know, this uh, this character that, you know, we we liked to see and that we were happy to meet yeah. rather than somebody that we should fear or that was seen negatively. Absolutely. So I thought that um, was cute little fun fact about me. So I had the picture book when I was growing up and I thought the dog with the blue eyeshadow and the big eyelashes was a girl dog. Nope. <laughs> Disney breaking gender barriers in 1955. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. He had like hardcore like yeah, blue eyeshadow. He looked like and... Tammy Faye Baker. It was hilarious. It was very funny. I <laughs> loved him. Um, and then, you know, my heart broke when they were taking the dog into the back room to get euthanized. Like it was, I know. It was. It just. It hurt me. It hurt. I couldn't deal. It's such a good movie, but it's got some real stakes. Yeah. Well, it 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 just made me really really sad because it was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like if a dog stays in the pound for long enough, they just kill it. Yep. Like, oh, it's just so sad. The poor puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. That reminds me. Speaking mm. of puppies, this is a little bit of a jump forward. Next week, are we doing Lady and the Tramp Two: Scamps Adventure from two thousand one? Um, oh, it's a toughie because we're going to see Jungle Cruise this weekend and I kind of want to do an episode on Jungle Cruise. 
Well, I mean, the week after that. Or, like, are we going to Scamp's Adventure next or oh. the Lady in the Tramp live action next? Oh, uh, no. We'll go to Scamp's Adventure next because that's, cool. that's still within the realm of this film. And then we'll do the live Beautiful. action afterwards. Wonderful. Perfect. Yeah. I can't wait. Cute. Mickey Rooney's in it. Jodie Benson is in it as Lady. Super Jody exciting. Benson. Jody Ugh. Benson. Tressa McNeil's in this one, too. She's in everything. Tressa Rob Paulson's in it. Oh, my Everybody's God. in it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be. It's gonna, mm-hmm. That's a hell of a cast. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, fun fact: um, Alan Reed was then was Boris, who was uh, the Russian dog. Oh, remind us who Alan Reed is. Alan Reed is uh, the voice, the original voice of Fred Flintstone. Oh, uh, cool! He's also appeared in a few films like uh, Days of Glory and Breakfast at Tiffany's. But for some reason, that name just super rang a bell, like a big bell in my head, and I don't, and I couldn't tell you why it did, but. Yeah, for some reason, I was like, oh, that's a name that I should know for some reason. (laughs) But yeah, so there you go. The original voice actor for Fred Flintstone at the very least. Cool. Yeah. Um, Here's another, here's a little observation I had. We're running out of time, so we got to kind of speed through. But um, I thought it was very interesting how big that beaver's enclosure was at the zoo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a humongous beaver enclosure. Uh, Holy heck. That whole sequence was so funny. Like, oh, I loved it, it. It was so funny. He just like turns on his charm. He's like, now I'm a salesman. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> it was so funny. But you're right. That's a hell of an enclosure for that beaver. Like, holy yeah. shit. The, the crocky gator didn't have that much room. No. Not even close. Not even. Oh, it was so Beaver's funny. got something on the zookeeper. Has a freaking swamp, for God's sake. He's allowed to know. chew down his trees. Like, what? Wild. I don't know. And then the hyena's in a cage as big as, like, my bathroom. It doesn't make any sense. It's but weird. it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, oh, so there's a fun fact. So there's a fun little piece of trivia on of this film. Uh, in the sequence, in the film's opening sequence, when Darling unwraps mm-hmm. the hat box uh, to seek to find Lady, uh, so there's a there's a. I don't know if this is 100 percent true because I've heard that it might not be, but that that mm-hmm. whole sequence was actually inspired by an incident in which Walt himself actually presented his wife Lily with a Chow puppy as a gift in a hat box. So cute. I want a puppy yeah. in a hat box so bad. Yeah. So like I just think it's very cute. Like like I think that's one of those things where it's very much like it's like a legend of the film. I'm not sure if it's a hundred percent true. Uh but from what I from what I understand, uh there's definitely uh what's it called? Um reason to believe that it's a possibility. And I just think that's cute. It's like Walt was like, oh, hey, I remember this time. Let's do that. Let's throw that in the film, too. Why not? <laughs> I mean, the idea's got to come from somewhere. And I think a hat yeah. box is perfect for a tiny puppy. I'm super into it. Yeah. And also at the at the end, uh, when we have like the rest of the puppies. Also, I think it's weird that none of the puppies look mixed. Yeah, they're just either mini tramps either, or mini ladies. Yeah, they're either mini mixed breed dogs or mini or, or mini uh cocker spaniels and cocker spaniels yeah yeah <laughs> it's like mm, those dogs should definitely be mixed somehow <laughs> anyway like the donkey dragons from shrek exactly oh my god <laughs> uh so this this movie had a budget of four million dollars uh yeah. and made 187 wow. i'm not sure if that's in like in mid 20th centuries dollars or if that's counting for inflation but regardless yeah. that's a fuck ton of money that they made back no kidding like wow, good for them. i'm sure walt was shit. relieved probably because like at this mm-hmm. point he, at this point well this is 1955 right yes yeah so he's like focusing hardcore on disneyland yeah but still need need that capital no i know but that's what i mean is like at this point like so much of his money has gone to disneyland like the studio is not doing great <laughs> Mm-hmm. like financially the studio is not doing good because <laughs> so much of his money he's like like i i think i remember like he he was having conversations with roy and they were having that conversation again the money that money talk that they consistently kept having and i think roy was even freaking out about it <laughs> i mean that's kind of roy's thing though freaking out yeah freaking out about money well it's Where like it'll getting... always come it'll come out yeah. Roy's like there's no money <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, anyway, so yeah, all in all, I love this movie. I think it's really, really great, and everybody should watch it. Watch this movie. Watch. It's the so movie. cute, especially if you love dogs. Like, oh, my heart, my heart. Yeah. 
Mine my too. Heart, my heart. Like I, I love all of, I love all those dogs and I want to give them all, all great big pets and cuddles. Me too. I'm going to watch just the beginning again to see Lady as a puppy. Yeah. Like immediately, like right away. Um, so next week we're going to have our special, um, Jungle Cruise extravaganza. I'll try and bring some fun facts about the Jungle Cruise. We'll review the new movie. It's like, it's the perfect movie for us. So we can't wait. And then we'll get right back into Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure the week after that. And the week after that, we'll do the live action Lady Mm -hmm. and the Tramp. And I think that's all the Lady and the Tramp media we have access to. (laughs) That's all the Lady and the Trampness. Yes. Yes. Cool. Any, any final thoughts, Anwar? Um, final thoughts are this movie is cute. And makes makes you smile and makes you want dogs. <laughs> I know. Don't don't let this movie make you get a dog. No, get a dog if you can. D- get a dog if you can. But if you can get a dog, then go. Just to watch a, this movie. Go to a pound and adopt. Yeah. Adopt a dog. Adopt a dog. Adopt a dog. Don't don't get a brand new cocker spaniel. Don't get a French bulldog. Don't get a bulldog. Don't get a pug. I'll know if you do it, and I'll come lecture you about you know cruel dog breeding. Yeah. I'll, I'll know. Oh. Those I'll poor, come poor over. Puppies. They can't breathe. They can't. Oh, I feel so bad. On that note, yay! We'll, <laughs> we'll see you next week. On that note, we'll see you all next week. Follow us on the various socials: Instagram, Twitter at cast underscore diz, Facebook.com slash discast. We will chat with you all next time. See you real soon. See you real soon. Bye. Why? Because we like you. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs>